Good morning. It's Aya Wimala. Uh, everything was jiggling around camera-wise just a few seconds ago, so hope that didn't you didn't get get that. Um, it's Friday, November uh, March nineteenth, and I'm looking outside. It's sunny. I think we're getting up to forty-four today, and. I see all of, it looks like all of my squirrel population has decided they're out today and finishing up the last of my sunflower seeds. So I think I'll have to get more out of the trunk of my car very soon. And the chipmunks are back. The chipmunks really do stay away most of the winter. I think they really hibernate, but they are back. And taking mouthfuls of uh, sunflower seeds down into their underground homes. So this feels like a real uh, return of spring for me. So makes me feel good. And today I get my second COVID vaccine. I had a real scratchy throat yesterday, so I was worried all night long that uh, that might not be a good sign and I really want to be able to get the vaccine today. So I'm feeling better today, but I do have a little bit of an irritation in the back of my throat. And I'm hoping that that is maybe a delayed reaction to spending the weekend with cats last weekend. <clears throat> so today I would like to read a little more from Collecting Gold Dust by Sayadaw Utejaniya or Ashin Tejaniya. And uh, this in the book in the book group are voting and I have to collect one more round of votes from a few people today. But so far, Bhikkhu Bodhi's book, The Noble Eightfold Path, um, the way to the end of suffering is is number one, but collecting gold dust is a very, very close. Number two, my hoarseness is coming back. So I'll try to read, and if I can't, we'll just, we'll sit. That'll be good. We first did the um, the craving, the desire, the spectrum of wanting. And this next part is, why is there aversion? We're talking about those three poisons that affect all conditional things in the world. Well, we may have to cut this short. I don't talk to anybody before I do this, so I have had all morning without having to actually talk. Okay, we'll try it. So these are the three poisons that we always talk about, that they always affect. Uh, this is where our defilements come from. 
And it's that wanting, that clinging, and it's also aversion, and then it's also delusion or ignorance. We're always trying to look at these qualities. So the second one is aversion. Why is there aversion? Let's talk about aversion and the gamut of emotions ranging from sadness, sorrow, and fear, to hatred, anger, ill will, and other forms of aversion. Why is there aversion? Why is it happening? Whose aversion is it? Study this emotion as it arises and as it is happening in order to understand its nature. If there is some kind of understanding already about the nature of aversion, it is very hard for it to grow in intensity. That's very important to remember. If we are aware of it, if we know, if we understand about the nature of aversion, that alone prevents it from growing. When you are feeling angry about something, study all aspects of this anger. And every time it arises, observe the feelings, thoughts, and anything else surrounding this anger. Observe the way the mind was thinking before the anger came up. If you become aware only when anger is already underway or when it has passed, then you might not notice its causes. You need to see the train of thought that came before this emotion. By this, we are not talking about conceptual ideas. For example, so-and-so is making me mad. If you are aware of the mind directly while it is angry, excuse me, If you are aware of the mind directly while it is angry, you can see its causes. Pay attention to the thinking. What is it thinking? How does it think when there is anger? This is your mind. So when you're becoming, if you are aware of the mind directly while it is angry, you can see its causes. Pay attention to the thinking. What is it thinking? How does it think when there is anger? How does the mind think in the absence of anger? With such awareness, you will begin to see causes and effects. So you see, it's not enough to just know whether something arises. You have to reach the point where you recognize cause and effect at work as well. Without catching the causes, the effects will continue to grow unhindered, and anger will grow and grow. Investigate these things and study the mind's phenomena at work. Recognize the internal chatter every time there is thinking. What kinds of thoughts are there when you are alone? What kinds of thoughts are there when you are with others? How does the mind think in these circumstances? You need to see all of these things. This is what we're doing when we're meditate, 
very often because that's when we can see and observe these emotions arising within us. Zero to one million. There was a time in my lay life when I had been practicing continually, <clears throat> continuously for a year or so, and I hadn't had a major bout of anger for quite some time. I woke up sick one day, and I went to work anyway and managed the family business alone. Little dissatisfactions accumulated throughout the day, but I didn't take the time to work through them or clear them out. Later that night, I asked one of my younger brothers, a doctor, for some medicine, and he responded dismissively. That was the final straw. I just exploded, thinking, how dare he talk to me like this? I kicked a chair across the room, as I was used to doing in my younger days. My family was all sitting around the room at that time, and everyone looked stunned. Awareness only kicked back in when my older sister asked, What's happening to you with so much meditation? I then saw the whole process internally and externally. I saw the frightened faces around me and realized how I had disrupted my surroundings. I also saw the whole mental process from a very tiny grain to this explosion. It became very obvious how, how negative this anger was. There was not one bit of wholesomeness anywhere. Seeing all of this in one big picture, I made a vow that I wouldn't let anything like this happen again. I learned not to continue along a line of thinking where I saw dissatisfaction arising in the mind. <clears throat> Instead, I would switch to watching the feeling associated with that thinking. From then on, I could clear the anger out even when I noticed a little bit of anger. Nothing else mattered except to pay attention to even the smallest hints of anger. And I would work with samatha, that, and that's tranquility meditation, and our vipassana, which is insight, depending on the situation. Anger could go from a scale of zero to one and back to zero. I worked with zeros and ones, never letting it accumulate further. Ask yourself why you find yourself getting angry at something. Question why you continue to be angry and why are you, you, and why you are getting even angrier. There's fuel somewhere. With many people, anger would go straight from zero to one to one million. Instead of cooling it with water, we're all dousing this anger with gasoline. So whoosh, 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 of course it would grow. And then he goes into delusion, which is the third one. So that's probably... That's a short, shorter piece, but uh, it's he's really giving good advice that we we have. We, I love when he says we don't. You need to see the train of thought that came before this emotion. 
By this, we are not talking about conceptual ideas. So-and-so is making me mad is, is his example. And he actually tries to get us right away to uh, let the self be moved out of the picture. Just be aware of the mind. If you are aware of the mind directly while it is angry, you can see its causes. Pay attention to the thinking. What is it thinking? How does it think when there is anger? How does the mind think in the absence of anger? With such awareness, you will begin to see causes and effects. So you see, and I'm just rereading the parts that I think are really important to remember. So you see, it's not enough to just know when something arises. You have to reach the point where you recognize cause and effect at work as well. Without catching the causes, the effects will continue to grow unhindered and anger will grow and grow. Recognize the internal chatter every time there is thinking. The thoughts when you're alone, what kind of thoughts when you're with others. You need to see all of these things. So that awareness then can lead to us changing our behavior. And the way he, he saw himself after a year of continuously practicing, because he was sick and didn't feel good and kept working, he exploded at some little comment his brother made when he asked him for some medicine and kicked the chair, which he hadn't done for the last year. So it, we have that awareness, but we have to be committed then to making those changes based on the awareness. And what he did, he let his guard down, right? He wasn't taking care of himself well enough, so he was not feeling good, and he was trying to carry on. Um, and so he was, he, was, uh, he was wide open to letting something go. He wasn't paying attention, or he was intentionally not paying attention. And that's when he made a vow that he wouldn't let that happen again. When he saw, when he saw how his behavior, how strongly his old behavior came right back in. So he learned not to continue along a line of thinking when I saw dissatisfaction arising in the mind. Instead, I would switch to watching the feeling associated with that thinking. From then on, I would clear the anger out, even when I noticed a little bit. So he was feeling bad. He probably was a little angry that there was no one to help him or um, a little irritated because he wasn't feeling well. And then what did he, and then his, um, his recipe, once he saw that, Nothing else mattered except to pay attention to even the smallest hints of anger. And then he would work with tranquility meditation. 
And that's just being calm, allowing ourselves to become very um, peaceful and just looking within and allowing ourselves to find tranquility. And that's very important to be able to do that because that's what allowed him to even to even be able to look at. So he would work with that tranquility meditation or with insight meditation, depending on the situation. So the anger can go... What he had seen was the anger going from zero to a million, and what he wanted to do was to be in a situation where he could recognize anger in a very small that zero to one form and then sit and meditate and keep it from going beyond one. I worked with zeros and ones, never letting it accumulate further. So that's something we can do. It may sound impossible, but when we become that aware and we really have the intention that we want to to find harmlessness in all things, and that harmlessness is also in our behavior towards others. So we want to be harmless in all things. We want to be able to even create a situation that bubble around us should be creating a sense of harmlessness to other beings. So kicking a chair across the room certainly didn't represent that to his family. That was like seeing his old uh, old self come back. And they reacted pretty strongly, which was good that they did. So anger is something that we're always... Um, we talk about a lot, but I think a specific way to work with it is always um, the most important thing. So if you if you want to work with anger, I think his... His recipe for that is really a great one. See it and see it from the, when it's down at level one. Don't let it have to get up to some high speed and uh, get really entrenched or you'll be right back in old patterns. And when you see it, and I think the message too is we need to take good care of ourselves and keep our you know, have enough sleep, have enough rest, to be attentive to what's going on with us, and um, don't don't get outside of that certain area of your personal care and the kind of practice you need to be doing. Because he was practicing for an entire year of continuously practicing, and it didn't take much for him to slip out of it and go back to an old pattern. So you can um, you can see how aware you become too. So he was able to catch it from that one incident because he had developed his awareness. But he ha- he did he did see where he had slipped, and he could see it right away. But he was lucky because he had family members around to catch him on it and call him on it. So you need noble friends for that or family members who aren't afraid to call you on your stuff. So wonderful book. I've got to decide sometime today which book it's going to be.
So I think uh, collecting gold dust and Bhikkhu Bodhi's book are, are well worth having. And, <clears throat> well, I'll wait for the votes. I don't want to... I don't want to discourage anybody from voting. So why don't we, let's see how our time is. We're probably almost out of time, but we can sit for a little bit. So why don't we just, we can practice samatha, uh, which is often what we're doing. We're just sitting and finding that allowing ourselves to be at ease and finding that place of ease within our bodies. We aren't necessarily, when we're practicing samatha, the tranquility meditation, it's what we do a lot of the time. And especially when we have uh, shorter periods of meditation, You can look at the body. Why don't you sit in your meditation posture? Feel comfortable. And this is a good one to do with a body scan. So you can start out by starting at the top of your body and just slowly moving through the body. And all we're doing is just looking to see how the body feels. And if we're experiencing any kind of tension or tightness that may, sometimes it may be chronic, like an old pattern. So we recognize that spot in our body pretty quickly. And other times it may be something new, something something else creating that tightness or tension or pain. Just move down through your head. And if there's no pain, if it feels relaxed, you're, you're probably feeling more and more at ease with your body. You don't have to be finding difficult areas. You can be enjoying the feeling of being completely at ease. Then just be with whatever you feel. Just be aware of the body. We always work being aware of the breath But now we're being more aware of just the body itself and the calm breathing we can also be aware of. But when we do the body scan, we're looking a little bit more just at the parts of the body and the general feel of our body. Be sure your posture is awake and you're attentive, but you really are allowing yourself to feel 
relaxed in this physical body, have the support you need to be comfortable. You can be walking, you can be on your back, you can even be in bed. You want your back straight, and we're working with our own individual bodies, so as straight as your back can be. But that, let that, uh, your spine be your support, so your body can be relaxed around it. Move down through your torso. Down through your arms, into your fingers. And be aware of your hips and pelvic area. Sometimes we carry a lot of tightness there. Or have lower back troubles or hip joint troubles. Go into your upper legs. And down into your lower legs. Down into your feet. And your toes. And now just let the focus be the breath. Adjust the point where you can be aware of the sensation of breathing in. And then again, the sensation of breathing out. Just focus on your breathing. Just let thoughts come and go.
And this can be the practice whenever you feel any of those emotions, the distracting emotions arising. Ideally, you can just stop right there and sit and be with yourself. And let the tranquility that you create calm that emotional reaction down. So may everything we do during the day today be done for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all other beings. So keep sitting if you can. And I think the thing that I really want you to remember about this technique as a way to work with distracting and difficult emotions. We may need to work at building in enough time in our daily schedule that we can take that break if we're working with our difficult emotion and we see it arise, that we have created enough time in our schedule that we can sit or maybe do walking meditation and focus on the tranquility meditation just to help us catch and then be able to observe where those difficult emotions are coming from. They're not coming from anybody else. So that's, that's the thing he said we can't start thinking about. Whose fault is this, right? Have a beautiful day, and I'll see you on Sunday.